Hi, everyone. My name is Wendy Manganero, and I am the host of the Wellness and Wealth podcast. I'm so happy to have you find us. And if you could take a moment and hit that subscribe button, I'd really appreciate it. This is the podcast where we believe when you show up better for yourself as a woman business owner, you show up better for your business. So sit back, relax, and learn from the practical to the woo-woo how to best take care of you. Have a great day, stay blessed, and leave a review when you're done listening to the show. Thanks so much. Hi, everyone. We're so pleased that you're here. Today, we have another great guest. So I'm going to get right into her bio and what the topic is, and we'll get started. So today, we have Judy Kane, and she is the founder of Aligned Consciousness. She helps people identify and release subconscious beliefs that keep them repeating unhealthy, stressful patterns. Her clients experience shifts from shifts which allow them to achieve their goals with ease and comfort. She is the author of Your Four Truths, How Beliefs Impact Your Life. Judy also hosts workshops and presents in group sessions, conferences, and podcasts. Originally from Richmond, Virginia, she lives near Tampa Bay, Florida, usually with a rescued cat or dog or two as part of her household. And today's topic is what is really holding you back? I can't wait to get into this. And welcome, Judy. Thanks for coming on the show. I'm so happy to be here. I have to confess, I have worked with Judy. We met through a mastermind. And so I've worked with Judy on a couple of things. So I was like, wait a second, I'm going to have Judy on the show. She's fantastic. And I love this topic of what's really holding you back because we've had lots of conversations, especially with my field, because a lot of times people I work with, they're afraid of tech. That's what holds them back. But you work with a myriad of things. Absolutely. It can be technology. It can be many other things as well. So one of the first questions I want to ask you is a lot of what you deal with is subconscious belief. So what is your definition, your working definition of a subconscious belief? The beliefs get in your subconscious, most of them by the time you're seven. You come in with a blank slate and you're a little sponge. And the first seven years, you're just trying to absorb the rules of engagement for wherever you happen to land so that you can make the best of it. So you're picking up all the rules, what's safe, what did, what lets you stay accepted in the group, all those things which are important to do well. But a lot of those beliefs don't really serve you well when you grow up. And you don't know they're there unless you notice things continually happening in your life that aren't what you are consciously choosing. So they have a huge impact on you. They're your default set of beliefs, if you will, and they don't respond to data or logic. So you can't really talk yourself into believing something else at the subconscious level. That's interesting because I hear a lot of people who are like, I don't know why I do this. And they don't realize they may have watched a parent do it. They may have been in a situation. And just in general, in life, we're like, why do I do this? And then sometimes we think something's wrong with us because we really don't understand where or why we picked up this habit. And I know for myself, the older I've gotten, the more things I'm releasing because they just do not work for me. But when you're younger, you take all of that on. It's almost like your subconscious goes, well, this is what you know. And so you don't even question that there might be a problem. 
Absolutely. Or a lot of them say, this is the way I am, and they accept that there's nothing they can do about it, which always makes me sad if it's something important to them. Well, to that point, too, I believe that's part of the reason why entrepreneurs go through burnout, because they've watched a parent who was an entrepreneur who did that, or to the opposite effect, they watched somebody who struggled with a nine-to-five job, and they were like, I'm never doing this, but yet they're still bringing all of that into trying to be an entrepreneur. You don't realize how it really affects you. Absolutely. You don't know. I mean, one of the clues is if you're trying to do something consciously and you're working really hard at it and it doesn't seem to be happening and it's really hard to make any headway, there are probably beliefs there running counter to that conscious goal. So I'm interested in a little bit of your backstory of how this tested in your life where you went oh, this isn't working, or was it somebody else who taught you this to show you, or was it something that you came up with on your own? Oh, no, this, I wasn't uh, clever enough to create this process. It's been around since the 80s, and I didn't have much exposure to what I would call alternative methodologies for doing things. I was in IT management for decades, very corporate, very process-driven, disbelieve in things I'd heard about. I just had no exposure to things that were outside of the mainstream. But I saw this work with my former husband, and I was stunned at this particular process because it doesn't require me sense energy or interpret messages or do anything like that. It's a facilitated process that's pretty straightforward, right in line with my IT background. So I saw it work with him. And saw that it was something I could do. And that was all I needed, really. I started taking workshops for it and mainly to to work with myself and friends and family that were willing. But in 2014, I decided it was too good. I wanted to share it with more people. So I started the business. I love what you do. And like I said, I've worked with you twice. You don't have to dredge up every past horrible memory. And not to say that there isn't a time and place for that, but at the same time, as you were talking about the process of this, it's not like you have to live in those horrible memories. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things about this is that you don't have to go, oh my gosh, I have to relive every single memory. I have to try to dig that up to get to the other side of this. So if you could speak a little bit about what that process is, because it's such a different way to look at your subconscious than most therapists do. Absolutely. Yeah, that's one of the beauties of this process, which is called Psyche, because you don't need to, you don't need to know if there was something awful that made you have these beliefs or these reactions to things, or if you do know what it was, you don't need to put words to it and tell me. So you don't need to go back and re-traumatize yourself if, if that's what's back there. It's a really gentle way to release some beliefs that people have based on bad experiences in their past. And and I have to say, it's actually funny we're on because I have a illogical fear of mice. And at the time that we worked together, I was staying in my uncle's old summer house who had mice and I couldn't even go into the one room. It would put me in such a state of fear. And you are out there and you understand the state of fear of something that's illogical and yet you still go into that 
fight or flight and I just stay, I go into frozen. I don't even go into fight or flight. I freeze. And afterwards, I was able to go into that room. I'm so grateful that we're selling that house. But after that, I was able to go into that room. And what's really funny is the other day there was a snake in our new backyard. And it wasn't as terrifying as because I almost stepped on said snake. And although I was not joyful about it, and it didn't like surprise me because I was like, oh, hello. He went one way and I went the other and I wasn't stuck like, oh, I can't move out of my yard. And I think that's what happens is these subconscious beliefs, wherever you have them, whether it's fight or flight or you freeze. Yeah, absolutely. When I work with people with phobias, the goal is to let them get to a point where they can choose their response. If I work with people that have a fear of flying, they logically know it's, you know, statistically more dangerous to drive to the airport than to get on the plane. Uh, doesn't take away the panic. <laughs> I mean, right. the panic is still there. Doesn't respond to logic or data. So conscious, that's not how you get to it. So when we get rid of a phobia like that, it's not that they're going to want to sign up to fly around the world every week. Maybe, or maybe they will. I don't know. But they get to choose their response the same way with the snake, with the mice. You don't freeze. You might not want to start collecting snakes, might not want to give that mouse a little hug or a kiss, but you can choose how you want to react. And that's a big deal for people who are disabled when they think about things that cause that type of reaction. It's so funny. I use an app called Balance and I love this app. So I use it. And today's questions was on what type of thing stresses me. And all of mine were psychological, which I did not know. I was like, look at that. But it's interesting because this does help with psychological things and it helps with kind of physical phobia things. And I think for entrepreneurs specifically, we have psychological fears like the financial piece. And then there's these other fears. Again, and I think they're still under psychological, but we're afraid people aren't going to like our stuff. And so many times these fears don't even start with anything that's truthful. You know what I mean? It's not truthful that no one's going to like you. But this is what we do in our heads to ourselves. What are some of the things that you've come across when it comes to entrepreneurs that you see get them to either lack of growth or close to shutting their doors because their belief system have taken over. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's so many things. Some of the ones that come to mind when people have come to an entrepreneur situation from corporate, a lot of them I have seen, they have a subconscious belief they'll never be able to make as much as they made in corporate. Which, of course, isn't true because you're more limited by corporate restraints than you are in your own business. But it's a belief there. And if that's what your subconscious believes, that's what's going to happen. It's self-fulfilling. I worked with one woman who was doing all the right things. I don't know that I've ever worked with somebody who was just not doing stuff and wanted, you know, they were all doing the right things. They all knew the right stuff had all the things that you would need to be successful, and yet it wasn't happening, which can get really frustrating and exhausting. And for this particular woman, it was she had a belief that if her business got too successful, it was going to take too much of her time, and then she wouldn't have me time and time for her family, which was extremely important to her. So her subconscious was making sure she wasn't successful because of that threat. 
And once she changed that belief and added a belief that she could control how much time she wanted to spend, it was her business. Things changed. She got the clients she needed. She had the balance she wanted. It all fit just the way she wanted it to be. She had to get that subconscious belief out of the way first. So what other negative subconscious beliefs can affect entrepreneurs? And that's a good one that you just mentioned, because one of them is if I'm successful, I'm going to take away too much time. I think the fear of success, period. There's a consistency that goes with that. There's all sorts of beliefs like I'm going to have to pay more money, no matter what side of the scale. And sometimes I think that entrepreneurs starting out are more fearful of being successful than they are being failures. Because if they're failures, then there doesn't have to be a level of consistency. There doesn't have to be a level of the fulfillment of, is this really what I want? I can try something. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the fear of failure is more related to risk-taking, I think. Whereas yeah. the fear of success, there's so many things that, that do come in there. It means you would have to be more visible, which is not comfortable for many people. It means that you would probably have to have a, a relationship with money. And money is one of the most complicated things. Because we get so many mixed messages growing up. <laughs> so there's a lot of, of money stuff that can show up. A lot of times you'll see it where there's a lot of self-sabotage. And that's your subconscious keeping you from being successful. You'll forget to put the thing on the calendar or you'll double book or you'll make errors or you'll lose the things that are important. But lots of self-sabotage can go on when your subconscious is trying to keep you from that success, which you think is not good for you. You can say one of them is in order to be successful, you have to work 80 hour weeks. Well, you know. Yeah, I'm very anti-hustle, by the way. That's like the reason why, one of the reasons why I started this show. And so funny because I watched my family doing that. You weren't working unless you work seven days a week, 14 hour days, and then you got one vacation a year. I grew up with entrepreneurs and that was their belief system. And if you didn't work, if you took any more breaks than that, then everything was going to fall apart. And I watch it exhaust them. I'm like physically, mentally, because at some point in time doesn't get exhausted from and you get exhausted or you couldn't keep up with one person in the family, in the business. And like you weren't pulling your weight. It's such a psychological thing. And you don't get as much because you can't work as many hours. None of it was logical, but it's a true thing for people. They go, and I don't deserve it unless I work that hard. Yep. There's a deserve thing. There's the belief that you don't know enough to be that good or to charge that much. Or the people that are constantly going for the next license or course or whatever it is, think they need one more thing to make sure that they know what they need to know to go out there and be successful. And you need a base level to get started. But then it's like when people have a money goal, when they get to it and they don't feel different, they figure that the goal has to be higher. So there's never enough money. There's never enough education or licensing or certification or you can feel that there's that lack there of all sorts of resources, but those are two. Not enough time, enough clients, all the scarcity stuff. Scarcity in general of whatever it is. And let's talk a second about this because I've learned over the years, your subconscious is ideally trying to protect you. It's not doing it to put up more 
pitfalls, it's a protection method that overextends itself. And actually, yeah. I don't think the subconscious cares, but it's something it's that you have installed as a way of dealing with whatever situation you were in. And for the most part, I think that's for safety reasons, some sort of protection. Uh, so this is the thing that needs to be true for you to be safe or happy or fulfilled or whatever the thing is. And one of the interesting things I wanted to bring up then I'll have a, another question. But one of the things that I think is really interesting is that this doesn't have to take 25 years in therapy. And I'm not being funny about that. I know that people need therapy. But I sometimes I think that people go to therapy and they think that it has to be a 30-year process. And I've been in therapy and my therapists are always like, no, there's a window. Let's work on this and there's a window. But really for what you do, there is even a smaller window. At least that's been my experience with you. And so I'd love for you to talk about the idea that it... No, it didn't. And I would like to make the distinction between me and therapists and coaches, people who are licensed or are credentialed in some way. I'm not any of those. It, it's not something you can get with what I used. So be clear about that. And what I do, actually, many coaches I work with in partnership, when they have a client that's stuck, they will send them to me for a session to change those beliefs. And then they go back to the coaches program. I don't do behavior, strategy, accountability, any of those things. All I do is focus on those subconscious beliefs. And you can change any one subconscious belief, usually in less than five minutes. So it's a fast change process. Now, most situations are more complex than one single belief. Phobias are the exception. Those are pretty fast to get rid of. But other things are usually a little more complicated because we're complex human beings. And so there's a variety of things at play when something and it's gotten to the point where you just can't break through barriers, usually. But it's a fast change process. I say many times when those coaches send a client to me, it's one session. And they can get through the blocks that are keeping them from being successful in those coaching programs, which is what their goal was. Now, sometimes they'll come back to do a little more work on a particular thing or they see how it works for that and come back for other things. <laughs> because it is it's a very fast way to get things moving in the direction you want but the coaches have all the now this is how you want to do it and all the knowledge and wisdom that comes from coaches therapists have an equally important role of helping people understand triggers and their behaviors and their patterns and helping them change the conscious story that people tell themselves which is also sometimes just as hard to get past as the subconscious ones. But it's a very different approach. I don't have as much as I like my clients and love it when they come back. It's not a long-term thing for the same topic. So when I came back to Judy, I was actually having an issue with a family member, which I did not want to call. I could not bring myself to call this woman or deal with the situation. <laughs> and since then, I totally changed. And from that, I decided that in this case, attorneys will speak better than I will, and I don't have to get involved in all of that insanity. But that's part of that subconscious thought I had to answer her, and I, and I don't. And learning to set those boundaries is a good start of changing the subconscious, because 
your subconscious somehow tells you that there is none. Sometimes it was like, wait a second, I'm an adult woman. I'm not 12 anymore. There can be boundaries and this is unacceptable. And so trying to get to that point. Now, obviously, there's other issues there. But to that point of that subconscious, that really did help because I was like, wait a second, I could take a step back and believe something different. And I think especially when it comes to people who are you're afraid of dealing with, whether it's like somebody at work or whatever, it's that first belief of getting to a point of that you're really an equal. You're not less than or more than most people come with this either childlike or egotistical viewpoint. But either way, it doesn't lend itself to great communication, which in this case I found is better through attorneys. You've got to say, what would you rather be true? I think the idea of getting to a better baseline of what is real as opposed to what we consciously sometimes make up in our head too, or at least continue to live consciously in our head if it comes from a subconscious thought. I have one more question. So if an entrepreneur starts to realize that there, we'll go back to this idea of I'm afraid of tech, because that's a great one. That's one I hear all the time. I don't know how to do this, or I'm afraid of it, or I have to wait for my kid to do it for me, or a friend because I can't afford it. What's a good first step for somebody who goes, oh yeah, I've been living on subconscious beliefs? Notice the patterns. Subconscious beliefs come up in patterns. The one-offs isn't it. If you have one experience where you don't want to use some technology, that's not necess- That's probably not a subconscious belief. But if you notice over and over again, you're in the same reaction and the same lack of progress or results that you want, any whatever that might be, probably subconscious beliefs that are contributing to it. So, getting really clear about what you'd rather it be like is a good first step. That's a lot of times people come and they know what they don't want, but they aren't real clear about what they do want. If it's truly a fear of technology as opposed to a fear of being visible, it's good to know the difference between them. The marketing is a way of being visible. So you might be using the technology as an excuse to not put yourself out there. So getting really clear about what the issue is and it, and then figure out what you'd rather it be like. Decide other things you can do about it. But clarity on what you want, which means picture it in visual details. I daydream about what would it sound like if it's the way I want it to be. What are other people saying? What am I saying? How does, what's the emotion I'm feeling when it's the way I want it to be? All that can go a long ways towards clearing out some of the stuff. I like that idea because I remember when I started doing manifestation work and mindset work in general. First of all, I had no idea how much of lack I lived in back then. And I recently found my first coaching journal and I was reading through and I was like, oh, 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 my, oh, my goodness. It's really good to be able to see your own progress when you find stuff. But the thing that you said that stuck with me and I remember back then is that she kept asking, well, what do you want? And I had no idea because I was so stuck in what I was to be able to visualize where I could go. It just seemed so foreign. 
we're not taught to do that very well. Sports is one exception where sometimes they do that picture the ball going where you want. I'm familiar with certain real estate companies that have people do some visualization with sales and stuff. But generally speaking, it's not something that we're taught to be very clear about. And it can change so much. And I think I ended up starting with, okay, so I know what I don't want. So then think started asking myself, what's the exact opposite? Because it was so foreign to me, the concept that I had to like go, okay, so what would be the opposite of this? Do I want that? And maybe that's a little better. I go through that with clients frequently. Some of them come in with their prioritized list of beliefs they want to be true. But others, it's like they just know that they're not happy with the way things are. I think that's great. So it has been a pleasure to have you on the show today. I know that you have an offer for our guests. So I will let you let them know how to get in touch with you and what your offer is. Sure. And thank you. I've enjoyed being here. They can go to my website, Aligned Consciousness. And one of the pages there has a bunch of free resources that they can download. If you want to learn more about subconscious beliefs, there are several things there they can download and read and get to know more about it. Also on the website, they can go and they can book a a free 15-minute consult with me if they have more questions or want to know how it might work with whatever they're experiencing. That's great. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today, Judy. And I appreciate all of our listeners and we will be back next this Wednesday. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button in the meantime.